Great. Who watched the uh, royal wedding yesterday? <coughs> yes. Wasn't Curry, Michael Curry, hot stuff? I mean, he really, he really laid it on, didn't he? It was just great. Just seeing, I just love seeing the faces <coughs> of all the, uh, <laughs> all the sort of gentry and kind of famous people that have been invited, kind of like having to sit there and kind of very kind of properly. But actually, he was just ripping into them with the love of God and who Christ was and the fire of God. I mean, it was great stuff. Uh, so. Um, Yes, I just and and I just love the commentators. They were kind of like that was kind of uh, forceful, but um, really uplifting. You know, I think <laughs> these kind of two two words put together. And I thought, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that first time in my lifetime I've seen that kind of powerful preaching kind of coming through. So you know, and and a billion, as I said, a billion people were watching this around the world. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's something else. So, so good, good on you, mate. Yeah, that's what I want to say. <laughs> May we continue to uh, preach what it really says there. So uh, we are looking at one baptism, and I'm going to go straight into uh, the scripture, which is in Ephesians 4. You can look it up in your Bibles, or uh, you can follow it on the screen. Okay. Uh, And I'm going to take it right from the beginning of the chapter and then kind of come into it uh, today. We are, not unusually, talking about one baptism. So that's what I'm actually preaching about. Uh, But I want to give a little bit of kind of background as we sort of come into it. As uh, a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Amen. So where's where's Paul coming from? He's urging the church in verse 3 to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He is passionate about the unity of the body. Unity is his goal. It's unity in the church that brings glory to God, testifying to a needy and lost world uh, that uh, suffers without Christ with disharmony and division and bickering. Very much like the bishop yesterday who was commending us and saying love is the answer uh, to the world's problems. Follow love and God is the author of that love. Um, even though we have come, and you've just got to look around here today in a, in a lovely way, uh, we've come from different backgrounds, different experience, but we are one because of Christ. Because we have one Lord. Because who, we haven't got several Lords, we've got one Lord. Because we have one God and Father of all, 
because we have one faith, there is only one way to salvation, faith in Christ Jesus and him alone. Because we have one hope, which Luke uh, gave a brilliant word on last week. Uh, Listen to it if you want to um, on the kind of podcasts. Um, And today, because we have one baptism, it means that actually we can work hard towards having unity of the body and being one together as a people. Amen? I, I can remember when I was about eight, okay, and uh, here's a little story. I don't think I've told this story before. Uh, I was about eight uh, at school, and I was at an all-boys school. And uh, my scripture master, okay, R.E., kind of went around the class and kind of asked us all if we, who'd been baptized as an infant, okay? And uh, he went right around the whole class, and then finally actually found out that I was the only one out of the whole class that had never been baptized as an infant. And he was very worried about this. Um, And the reason for this, as to why my parents hadn't gone through this thing, which was, I've got to tell you, just the norm, okay, in my day. Um, my, My parents were in, actually were quite older they, they my you know my mother was in her 50s and my father was kind of uh in his early 60s by then and um in some ways they had quite sort of progressive views uh in that they sort of and they said to me they said well you know this is it actually we're going to leave this up to you you know if you want to follow Jesus when you're older then you can and you can do all that stuff you know and that's kind of we want to leave that to you. We don't want to kind of impose it on you. We just want to leave it to you to kind of make that decision yourself. And that's what they'd said. And I could have that sort of made sense. And I'd never thought that actually that was ever going to be a reality for me. I just thought, yeah, right, park that one. Um, and, um, you know, they, it, it clearly wasn't their passion. Christ wasn't their passion. But they were sort of saying, well, you know, if, if actually you kind of are one of those kind of God people, then, you know, fine, go that way. Um, Anyway, on all my essays that that would come back from my RE teacher, he would sort of mark it, and then he'd write at the bottom, hurry up and get baptized. I mean, it used to just always be there. Hurry up and get baptized. He was like, and why are you so obsessed with this point? I was just so young. And yet, you know, he was worried that actually... I was not going to go to heaven because I hadn't been baptized as an infant. Obviously, (laughs) now in hindsight and kind of looking back, I often think about that moment and think how ironic that is. Um, That actually, uh, (laughs) you know, probably I was one of the only boys out of that class that actually understands kind of true meaning of faith in Christ and baptism I hope not but I've got no connection with any of the boys and also I understand that it's not about getting baptized as an infant and what my parents were doing and all that kind of worry that he had it is about faith in Jesus Christ as we've heard today and it's a kind of an, a kind of ironic point that I often kind of think back to and uh, 
you know, in some ways very glad that my parents made the decision that they did because it kind of cleared it for me. Uh, so, and it also enables me to tell this great story. <laughs> I'm going to be talking uh, today about this one baptism that Paul's talking on. And I, I first, there's, there's kind of three possible kind of baptisms that he could be talking about. And I'm really wanting to kind of knock out two um, until we get on to the third one of what it is, okay? Um, and the first of those um, is John's baptism, John the Baptist's baptism, okay? Um, few would suggest that this verse, one baptism, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, um, was referring to John the Baptist's practice of baptism. But I thought it was helpful to kind of say, well, why was that? Because actually, at that time that it was kind of that it was written in, there was many people going about who actually, if you'd said to them one baptism, they would have said, oh yeah, yeah, we've done that. That was kind of John the Baptist baptism, and then they would say, well, no, no, actually that's not. So we pick it up in. Um, I'm just going to say these to you rather than kind of see them. Uh, Acts 18. We hear about Apollos, okay? And it says he, he had a thorough knowledge of Scripture and he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord and he was preaching about Christ. However, it also points out that he knew only John the Baptist's baptism. Um, so here's someone who knew about these things, knew about John's baptism, but actually if you'd said to him one baptism, he would have said, yeah, no, I... I and they said, no, 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 it's not that. It's not John's baptism at all. Uh, we get the same thing happening uh, later on. Um, and Paul in, encounters a number of disciples in Ephesus and he asks them, well, what baptism, this is the next chapter, what baptism did you receive? And they said, well, John's baptism. And he explains, well, no, John's baptism is a baptism to repentance uh, in preparation for the one coming, that is Jesus, um, and kind of realizes that and they then get baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit and they get baptized uh, in God. So we kind of just looking back a bit, uh, where did John the Baptist, where did he get this idea of kind of bringing people, bringing the Jews along and saying you need to repent now and get baptized as we know Jesus was. So where did he get this idea? Well, in the Old Testament, we see that uh, a kind of Im a full immersion was happening for people with certain kind of skin diseases, um, and that's you can pick that up in uh, Leviticus 14 or 15. Okay, and um, uh, so they were kind of doing that. And I don't know, maybe John kind of thought, actually, let's kind of use some of that and get people baptized in water as a kind of a sign of repentance. So that's the first thing. The second one is, um, and I have heard this kind of misapplied to this verse, which is about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, which we also believe in. But the question is, is this what Paul's talking about in this instance? Because he does talk about it in other places. Well, Gordon Fee is helpful on this, who's a kind of commentator about this. And he's saying, whenever Paul talks about baptism in the Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, he always adds the, the, the part to it of saying baptized in the Spirit. So he adds in the Spirit afterwards, not just 
one baptism. It would say one baptism in the spirit, if that's what actually Paul was trying to say. Um, so we, we pick this up in Corinthians 12. Uh, we were all baptized by one spirit, uh, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. So we kind of get this, uh, this phrase that happens afterwards. And I think it's important that we understand that this one baptism is, as, we, as I'm about to say, is, is about water baptism. Um, coming into Christ and the water baptism that we actually uh, have seen today. Um, and that we shouldn't kind of bend it to mean something else. Otherwise we get a bit confused uh, as, about it. And we're kind of like, oh yeah, well that's what that's about. And it's not. Okay, So um, let's look at the water baptism. Andrew Lincoln says about uh, this verse uh, in Ephesians 4, this baptism is one, not because it has a single form or is administered only on one occasion, but because it is the initiation into Christ, into one body, which all have undergone and as such is a unifying factor. Another story. Several years after Anne and I had come to faith in Christ, we suddenly realized that we'd missed something out. We, as I've said before, both, well, we both came from families who really didn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, we'd come to faith separately in quite radical ways. But we were clear about our salvation in faith. In, in Christ, in faith alone. Um, we'd both been filled with the Holy Spirit, both spoke in tongues, um, and we were telling others about him. And we'd never heard about water baptism. That is, until one night, when Anne went to an evening meeting at an Elim Pentecostal church, locally to us. And um, she went along, and I think I was looking after the numerous children that we had uh, and uh, she came back and she said we need to get baptised Matthew and I said well I, I've got everything I need I, I said I'm forgiven I know where I'm going I know the power of God through the spirit why do I need to get baptised in water it's not going to affect whether I go to heaven or not I was thoroughly convinced that it was by faith alone, and it is. It was also a bit embarrassing, to tell you the truth. It's a bit embarrassing to actually admit that for a number of years, you've been a Christian, you've been a mature Christian, you've been telling other people about how to become Christians, and you've missed out this important teaching. Surely God couldn't expect me to go back again and actually go through this kind of basic practice that seemed to be step one for Christians in their faith. The trouble was, when I kind of looked at scripture, it was very hard to gloss over the fact that all Christians got baptized in water. I saw that although there were many that uh, were baptized straight away, so they, they heard the word, they receive the word, they confess their faith in Jesus Christ, and immediately they got baptized. We see that in the Ethiopian eunuch uh, in Acts 8 with Philip, and he just says, here's a, 
here's a kind of puddle, uh, let's get baptized there, you know, and, you know, it happened immediately. Others, um, it took, as we heard about in, with uh, Apollos, um, uh, in, in Acts 10, there's another kind of group of people. Um, they're actually, they've heard the word. They're actually filled with the Spirit. These Gentiles, they, they're so filled with the Spirit that others know they're filled with the Spirit. That probably means that they are speaking in tongues. They just, and they're, they're like, look, these Gentiles have clearly been saved. And yet, they hadn't been baptized in water. So immediately, Peter actually stops and he says, well, hang on a minute. Kind of let's go back and let's make sure that they're now baptized in water. He didn't skip this part, even though it was afterwards. And I kind of had to come to that point of realizing that baptism in the New Testament wasn't sort of some kind of optional extra, sort of like booking your seats on Ryanair. Uh, <laughs> Although they're changing that practice, aren't they? Making it very difficult to actually <laughs> book ahead. Uh, and um, Christ himself, in his final commission in Matthew 28, tells his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is why you heard that today, uh, as each, three, uh, each one of those was baptized and to obey everything that he had commanded them. Clearly, I come to Christ in faith alone. But this one Lord, one faith, one body, what Paul is saying is that every Christian that has said this has happened, that actually I have this faith I believe in Jesus Christ is then baptized in water. So this thing that's happened for this initiation, right, that's happened for all Christians, we know this is one Lord, there's one body, and we've all come, we've all been baptized in water as a declaration of our faith in Christ. It's a public declaration of something that's happened internally, so we can inter- we can make a decision in our own bedrooms. There's some of you here that actually have never made that decision. It doesn't have to be a kind of a, a, a it doesn't have to be a public thing. It doesn't have to be something you even do with somebody else. You can make that decision yourself. You can actually go into your bedroom and you can say, "Lord, I I I am asking you now, come into my life, change my life. I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in you." And God is faithful to bring you to salvation. It's a work of his grace. But there's a public declaration of it. And that's what we saw this morning. There's a public declaration of saying this has happened maybe in private, but actually now I'm going to do it in front of family and friends and my church. I'm going to say this is what I I am saying as we heard. I'm going down into the water. My old life is gone My new life, as I come out of the water, my new life is here in Christ. I am serving him and him alone. Why did did Christ choose this sign? It's a kind of sign. Why did he choose this sign? It's a good question. He could have chosen other things, right? Couldn't he? 
He could have said, no, no, to declare to be a Christian, I want you to go to church. To declare to be a Christian, I want you um, to wear a, Christ, wear, wear a t-shirt with Jesus saves on it. To declare to be a Christian, I want you to kind of grow your hair. And I want you know, this to kind of be a sign. So you all see all these kind of long-haired guys, which is kind of like got a, a sign of actually, no, I'm a Christian. I mean, they had this kind of thing in the, uh, we see in the Bible, the kind of Nazarite vow. We saw it in uh, Samson and so on. You know, he could, have, he could have chosen, it could have been a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But he didn't choose those things. He chose baptism. <laughs> and fully immersed, not sprinkled, but fully immersed into the water. And he chose that as his sign. Do this as the sign of actually you have made this commitment. Why did he do it? I asked myself. And I tell you something. It's something that the poorest of the poor can do. Something the simplest person can do. You don't even need to be able to read. It is for all and can be carried out by all. Yeah? This is a picture uh, that I was at of just seeing a whole group of people out in Lesotho, um, which kind of is a landlocked country within South Africa. We were just, we dammed up the river and then we kind of baptized, I don't know how many it was, 30 or so uh, people I'm involved in that, of just baptizing all these people. A lot of these people can't read, but they know how to get into the water. So a lot of them are scared stiff. You can almost see this on her face a little bit. Some of them are scared stiff. You know what they're scared stiff about? Snakes. <clears throat> they have been told as, as a child, don't go in the water because the snake the big snake will get you. So they're kind of, they've got this kind of mythology that's kind of like, so often it's like they're really, you see them and they're absolutely, they're white. They're kind of like, they're scared stiff. They're like, oh my goodness. And it's like, no, no, it's okay. It really is okay. You know, so we kind of baptizing them. Um, I think it's brilliant that actually Jesus chooses this as a sign of a declaration of faith. You know, the word baptize is virtually the same word in Greek, baptizo. It was used in Greek culture. And do you know what it was used in Greek culture for? The actual word? Well, <laughs> it kind of means died. You know, if we really want to try and get a word, it kind of means immersed in and died. They used to baptize their cloth. So they used to dip, put it right in and to actually to dye the cloth. And that's often the, the word that's used if you read it in Greek literature. Um, it wasn't sprinkled, okay? That would give a very sort of mottled T-shirt, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> so it was actually dyed. We are absolutely fully immersed into Christ and fully immersed into the water. I, I want to tell you an unusual, uh, an unusual passage out of the Old Testament. And this is a story, and I'm going to tell you the story. Out of Second Kings five, and there was this commander called Naaman, who had leprosy. Naaman was not an Israelite. Naaman was part of a, an enemy 
country that was kind of attacking Israel. In fact, uh, they'd captured this little Israelite girl forcibly. And this little girl was kind of there in Naaman's household. And one day she says, you know what? There's a man in Israel, a prophet in Israel called Elisha, who could heal you. So, he, Naaman goes off with his sort of uh, second in command and he expects fully, you know, he's a kind of captain, he expects fully for Elisha to go along and say, hey, it's me, come on, prophet Elisha, come and see me. Uh, Elisha doesn't even come out. Elisha just sends his servant to go and see him. And the servant says to Naaman, okay, this is what the prophet says to you. You need to go and you need to immerse yourself. And in the Greek translation, that's the same word, baptize. You need to immerse yourself seven times in the Jordan and you will be healed. Now, strangely, he doesn't receive this first time around. He kind of, you'd think, great, that's not that difficult. But he has problems. What are his problems? First of all, he's got problems about the fact that actually Elisha himself hasn't come and spoken to him. So there's a kind of slight proud issue, pride issue here. But also, he's got a problem because he's, he's moaning away. He said, well, come on, I could, be, I could go and get washed in one of our rivers. Never mind these kind of, this Israelite Jordan River. I could go anywhere. Come on, if it's about getting, getting into some river, I could go to that river, I could go to that river. Why is it the Jordan? Well, his servant speaks up and says, no, hang on, look, Naaman, listen, think about it. If the prophet had told you something really difficult to do, wouldn't you have gone and done it if actually that was going to get you healed of this leprosy? And he goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, probably, yeah. He says, well, just do it. Go on. And so he does. And he goes to the Jordan. And he gets it fully immersed in the Jordan seven times. And he is miraculously healed completely. As Christians, we are baptized fully in Christ. We are completely cleansed in him. We are completely healed. We are completely forgiven. He gives us a brand new heart that desires to please him and obey him. We have become a whole new person. As we heard Dan earlier on saying, a new creation in Christ. My sin, like Naaman's leprosy, has been completely removed from me. That's what we believe. Yeah? That actually what Christ has done has to be completely to remove that sin from me. When I get baptized in water, as Christ commands, I am publicly declaring what Christ has already done for me. My old life is crucified with Christ. I have put that to death so that I might be raised a new creature in him. As I go under the water, I'm declaring death to the old. And I come out of the water, I'm declaring new life in Christ. Romans 6. 
I am identifying with Christ who himself allowed John the Baptist to baptize him even though he didn't need to repent because he was sinless. He demonstrated something. What did he demonstrate? He demonstrated a humility of saying, actually, no, no, I, I will do this. Like everybody else is being called to repent. I'm going to do this and show, actually, I can do this. This morning, I just want to ask you, plead with you. Don't be like Naaman initially, too proud to simply obey the instructions from God, looking for a more convenient river to wash in. It had to be the Jordan, just as it has to be Christ, not some other false god. It has to be Christ. Baptism in water, I discovered, was a challenge to me, partly about not being proud, to humble myself, and to actually just do what Christ commanded. Just do what Christ commanded. It's there. Just do what Christ commanded. Why? Just do what Christ commanded. Why did he choose that? Just do what Christ commanded. And so, here's a picture, and I tried to look for the one with me, but it's actually, this is, <coughs> in the Elim Church, we were <laughs> given these, <laughs> these great kind of little uh, cards with our picture, getting baptized. And here it is. You can see the date, 17th of July, 19. 83, Anne was 28, and we both got baptized that night, and we just said, okay, that's it, we're just going to do what Jesus has commanded, and that's what we did, and it wasn't, there wasn't any kind of like, you know, doves coming or anything, and it was just, we, we were just obedient, we were just doing what God had commanded us, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Maybe the band can come up. <clears throat> this is uh, Galatians 3.26. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. I'll say that again. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. There are is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Fillmore, a commentator says on this, those who have expressed their faith in Jesus' death and resurrection by being baptized in water have done far more than get their clothes wet. We've been given a completely new set of clothes to wear. Christ Jesus. We are wearing Christ Jesus. These new clothes that actually he's given us. A whole new, we're a whole new creation. There is one baptism. Being baptized into Christ, fully immersed into him. And this is what, Paul is pleading at the beginning, because this has happened for all of you, make every effort to have unity. I'll finish with this short story, which is that I think one of the most memorable occasions I've had, and 
joys of baptizing someone was an Iranian woman who didn't speak much English, but she had come, fled, in fact, uh, to the UK from her native country. Um, she had been a very rich woman with Mercedes and everything uh, back in Iran, and she was fleeing. And she'd been a Muslim, and she came to us, and she, again, couldn't understand a lot of the teaching because of the English issue. But you know what she said? She said one day, she said to me, Matthew, I want to be a Christian. I want this love that I see, and I see it when you guys worship God. When you worship, there is something that happens, and I see the pleasure of God on you, and I want that. And I want to be baptized, but I'm worried because I've still got children back in Iran, and if it kind of gets back and so on. So I'm not totally happy about doing it kind of publicly, but I'd like to do it in front of my family. So she gets some of her sons who fly over from uh, Sweden, I think it was. Uh, and uh, th this hadn't happened for them, but they came because it was their mom. And we met in her flat, and there was just a few of us, and there was a bath, and we said, we can baptize you here. And she got baptized in this bath. And it was just one of those memorable occasions of somebody just saying, you know what, I understand enough to understand this, I need to do this as a declaration that I'm Christ's now. I want to give, I want to give you opportunity this morning not to just let it go by, but I wanted to speak about my own story of someone who had come to faith and then there'd been a gap. And I hadn't really understood about water baptism. But it wasn't too late and it was important that I went back and got baptized. Now, we're not going to do that this morning. But I do want to give you opportunity to say, yeah, I hear that and I do want to do that. I want to talk to uh, maybe one of the elders and actually... Um, have that happen for me. I want to talk that through some more. I want that to be what you've talked about, Matthew. I want that to be a reality in my life. And I can see this is actually something I need to... I, I, I've maybe been a bit remiss, but I can see that actually it's something I need to just make sure I'm obedient to Scripture on. So while we've just got our eyes closed, if that's you and you're just like, I just think it's good to actually give a public declaration. You're just so I can see. So you can actually just put your hand up and put it down again so I can actually see that. Actually saying, what you're saying is, yeah, I, I, I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to actually think much more seriously about getting baptized in water myself. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, okay, that's great. That's good. Well, why don't you come and uh, see me straight afterwards uh, if that's you and we can kind of arrange some time and we can do that. Lord, I thank you for your love and grace and all that you are. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your heart is, is one Lord, <laughs> one faith, one baptism, one body. Lord, come do it in Jesus' name. Amen.